Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to a new season of Sunday Talks. Tonight we begin a topic that I'm very interested in. I'm calling it Hot Potatoes, Issues That Christians Are Afraid to Touch. Um, You may remember uh, as a child playing the game Hot Potatoes. I always enjoyed that game on the playground where music would play and then a ball or something would be passed around. And then when the music stopped, whoever was stuck with the ball uh, had the hot potato and they were out. There would always be some kids who would hold on to the ball a little longer. You know, kind of, they were risk takers. And so uh, maybe I'm feeling a little bit like the that child that's holding it on. But I want us to talk about some things, you know, in the term hot potato, obviously, are those things that are unpleasant, that are sometimes divisive, that have a wide range of opinions. And so we're going to talk about several things over the next several weeks with some pastor friends of mine who uh, where we probably agree on a lot of things, but some things maybe we, we might disagree. But we were going to look at them, hopefully from a biblical viewpoint, and I want you to challenge the way you think. Uh, I want you to approach this prayerfully. And tonight we start with one that uh, I think is very important. We're going to talk about being honest about anxiety and depression. And my guest is Michael Goring, personal friend of mine for a number of years. Michael lived in Conway here for several years and uh, now lives in Bentonville, Arkansas, where he's pastor of Bethel Baptist Church. He and his wife, Adrian, have two sons, Lincoln and Graham. And Michael is in the process of writing a book called Soul Care. And he's going to talk about his own experience with anxiety and depression tonight. And I think this is going to be very interesting. I think it'll be helpful to you. So uh, thank you for being a part of Sunday Talks. Hope you enjoy this episode. Michael, welcome to Sunday Talks. I appreciate you coming and being a part of this episode with us today. Well, this is an important topic, and uh, I'm I'm uh, grateful for your invitation. Yeah. Well, you've been a longtime friend, and and I wish we had time to tell all those things, but we're here to talk, as you said, about a very important topic. And we want to be honest about anxiety and depression, and we're going to get delve into this deeply. You know, as a pastor, we're both pastors. We counsel people constantly about these issues, um, and our go-to is it ought to be as a, as a pastor. I mean, yeah. We believe we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, yeah. that Scripture guides us and directs us uh, as the Holy Spirit does as well. Uh, and so I, I, even this week, just this week, in fact, I had someone text me yesterday uh, recalling the Scripture that I'd shared with them from 2 Timothy about uh God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, we're living in COVID days and there's been so much fear, but that fear, anxiety, uh, also in the New Testament, cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry, and He gave illustrations of that. So that's the counsel we give to people all the time. And yet the reality is, is that people still live with anxiety and, and discouragement, and sometimes that goes into depression. And so we want to talk about that honestly today 
And again, not denying the power of the scriptures, the power of the Holy Spirit. But then I'm, I'm, my goal is, is that we're going to help people today. I'm, I really is. And, I, and, and there's a tool that you're working on that I really think is going to help some folks. And so I want you to start by just telling us a little bit of your story and how this came about in your life and how you, how you got honest about anxiety and depression. Well, Larry, uh, you know, as pastors, um, we're not immune to right. uh, to to these things, and um, I became the senior pastor, uh, my first full time pastorate, uh, a little over five years ago uh, in Northwest Arkansas, and uh, it was a church where uh, they had kind of had a history of pastors not staying very long, and the root cause of that was a small uh, but effective group of micromanagers, really. And um, that that would just kind of chew up and spit out pastors. And it, that's nothing that is unique to my church. It happens in churches all over America. Um, I was naive going in thinking, hey, I'm the pastor. People are going to love me. Yeah. And uh, that's not necessarily the case. And so it was a uh, it was a two year battle. Uh, and going in week in, week out, uh, never knowing uh, if, hey, is this a Sunday that, that they tell me they don't want me here anymore, you know? And so that kind of begins to build in your mind. Mm -hmm. um, about two years into the pastorate, um, to the point where when I would get up on Sunday mornings, it would, it would literally take me two hours mm -hmm. um, to physically get out of bed, just to get dressed, to go to church. And um, I tell people that I was um, high-functioning mm. uh, in my depression. Mm -hmm. uh, I, could, I, could, I could turn it on and be on, you know, right. for two hours on Sunday morning. But immediately when I left the church, it just, it, it just went away. Mm. And, um, uh, and, and we're going to talk in depth about yeah. this, but, yeah. but that's, that's kind of the, just the, 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 the overview of, mm -hmm. of what I was going through. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as a pastor, you know, you're very public, it's a very public occupation. You know, you're, you're standing in front of people, you know, you, you, you gotta be on most of the time and that makes it more difficult. And I know a lot of the people that are watching this, listening to this are the same way. And so that causes us, I think, to be dishonest about these things and we want to hide it. We want and even in the Christian world, um, again, these scriptures I just read, we throw that back at people. Well, hey, you shouldn't fear. You shouldn't worry. You should. You shouldn't be discouraged. You shouldn't have depression. And we give that counsel to people. And so there is this, you know, this wrong view of things that that we we uh, we're not going to talk about it. We're not. And, and the thing I wanted to do today is just be honest about it. Yeah. And and you you wrote a, you wrote you're in the process of writing a book that that's called Soul Care. Uh, and I've got a I've got a this is the this I'm calling this the large print version. Well, uh, it's it's. it's a large print, but as I, I told you yesterday, uh, my the editor that I, I'm counseling with sent it back to me and said, uh, double the pages. Yeah, so, yeah. so what you see is a very, but very, very it, rough draft. It, it's, it's excellent, Michael. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm critical and I, but I, I, I read it and I, I read it again yesterday. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent work. But I want to just share, read some, talk about some of the things that were in there. One of the things that you mentioned that I think the church sometimes fails at is, and I, th I think you use this term about 
calling it even a false teaching that God will not put more on you than you you can bear. And, and oh, yeah. we we've we've used that, and some people believe that's in the Bible. Yeah, you know we've said you know the Bible says God will not put more on you than you yeah. can bear. Nobody can give you the chapter and verse. No, no they can't. But um, but we have that idea that you know God's not going He's not going to burden you down. But oftentimes, in fact, if we're walking with Him, He almost always does that. Yeah, and the purpose is. That we that we'll rely upon him. Yeah, well, we wouldn't have a need for God. Yeah, if we didn't need him. Yes. And so when people say that, uh, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Right. God does give us more than what we can handle because we do. We cultivate a total reliance upon him. Yeah. Um, and you know, Larry, we can we can say that. But when we're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. and uh, you can get so focused on the situation that you're involved in. For me, it was, you know, landmines all around me, it seemed like every Sunday. Uh, and, and there'd be backroom meetings. It was, it was and, and you and I, we walked through that together. Right. You were someone who I counseled with yeah. repeatedly. Uh, you can get so focused in on the situation that you forget that the savior is with you in the storm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, and I, and I, I may or may not read some of this, but this is, this is just excellent. Uh, the preface of this, uh, of your, of your book, um, you compare, uh, this, this idea of, of needing care and, and soul care is a title, title of the book. Yeah. Um, uh, to the pre-flight takeoff. Yeah. You know, when when you if you've if you've ever been on a plane, you've heard you've heard them say, "Hey, listen." In fact, I'll just go ahead and read that. Yeah, you read it. That. In the likely event of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will automatically descend from the ceiling. Grab the mask and pull it over your face. Please secure your mask before assisting someone else. And uh, you make the statement: "You can't help somebody else uh, if you're ca- incapacitated." Yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Uh, and 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 as a minister. That's what you do, I and mean, that's what we're called to do. So we're, we're helping other people, and yet sometimes the last person we take care of is ourselves. Yeah, more often than not. Yeah. And um, that's, that's soul care, and I define soul care yeah. as it, holistically. It's the body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't take care of one or two of those things and be a healthy human be a healthy christian you have to have all three of those and you have to be conscientious of of hey these three areas i've got to take care of for myself yeah because if i if i'm no good i can't be a help to anybody else and and that's not just true for pastors i'm thinking i'm thinking about mothers fathers you know in your workplace uh, I, I really, and I've shared this with you, I shared it with you last night. I think this book is going to strike a chord. I, we're not here, we're not here doing a book promotion because yeah. it's not even been published yet, yeah. but I think it's going to strike a chord with people that, that, Hey, this is something that applies to me that can be helpful to me. And, uh, cause we are living in anxious times sure. that, uh, again, the, the, just the numbers. I mean, I've just, I mean, you've probably seen some of the research lately, uh, the numbers of, of, of uh, you know, uh, suicide and attempted suicide has skyrocketed in the past year. Larry, I think uh, I think the the percentage is a hundred and thirty percent increase. Wow. Yeah, wow. In a year. Yeah. Um, 
and we see pastors mm-hmm. uh, that are taking their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, prominent pastors that have taken their lives in the last year. And um, at my lowest, um, I, was, I, was, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I detail in the book mm-hmm. uh, that at my lowest point, I had had a, uh, someone come in the office and they had just kind of uh, unleashed everything that they thought I was doing wrong. Yeah, yeah. And they left. And when they left, I, my, I was just completely depleted. Hmm. Uh, I had nothing else to, I, mean, I was at the lowest point and in my office is a, um, a support beam and my, my eyes just fixed on that support beam mm-hmm. and my mind began to go to places that it had never gone before. Uh, and that I honestly never thought that my mind would ever go to a place like mm-hmm. that. But I saw that beam as a solution to my suffering. Mm. Um, and, and in that moment, as I was sitting there and contemplating suicide, um, uh, I heard that still small voice mm. and it, it was the Lord saying, this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. This is not how your story ends. Yeah. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. I don't remember walking home. Wow. Wow. But when I walked in the door, my wife was there, the one person in this world that I know that yeah, I can, that yeah, I can trust yeah, in. Yeah. And, um, I began weeping and I said, I said, I am severely depressed mm. and I need help. Yeah. And that was the beginning of my journey in soul care. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad you shared that, Michael, because I, that's the key. That's why, that's why I want to talk about, let's be honest about this. Yeah. Let's talk. People need to talk about these issues, and that's the start. You got you got to have somebody that I can be honest with and tell. And you know, we, we were at breakfast this morning. We were talking about you know at the church. If in the church we can't be loving and kind and honest, where where can it happen? I mean, yeah. there needs for you. It was your wife, but there are some people that don't have that in their home. But it ought to be that there's somebody in the church that I could could I go confide in somebody and say, listen. I've got a problem. I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't know what that problem is, but, um, we desperately need to be, uh, honest. We desperately need to be, uh, loving and, and try to be understanding. You know, I've dealt with this in my own family and, and, you know, at times I've said what you've heard people say to you, yeah. well, just get over it, Michael, just, just straight, just straighten up, just fix it. You know, I, I, I have the Bob Newhart for the older people. They'll know this, you know, their, their, his counsel was stop it. Yeah. Just stop it, you know, and, yeah. say, and that's, you know, it's easy to say, it's easy to say, and, and, and it's, and it's, and it's humorous to somebody who's not dealing with it, but somebody who is, it's like, I can't, I cannot imagine what that's like. And, and again, when I try, when I've been in some of those situations, I can't, I'm, I'm, I've, I have lost control of how to manage this. And so it's so important that, but it's so important that you talk to somebody somewhere that you get somebody you, you get a counselor you get you get a pastor you get a friend you get a spouse yeah. and that's that's how it starts and and I, I to me when you took that step with adrian and when anybody else takes that step that's the first step to victory i mean it's it's not it's not that everything's changed and that everything's right but that you're on the road you're on the path and for you i think that was the the beginning it was within an hour of me Walking in the front door of my home, I was sitting in my doctor's office. Um, I, I called and I said, this, this is where I'm at. 
and I need to see somebody. Yeah. And so they immediately got me in. Uh, after that, uh, I had a pastor friend uh, in, in, in Bentonville who, who had gone through depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually had been a pastor at the church that I was at. Yeah, yeah. And I called him and I said, uh, this is where I'm at. I need to meet with you today. Mm-hmm. And he dropped everything. And we spent about three hours in a wow. Starbucks. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just weeping before the Lord and, and, and talking through some things. And, yeah. uh, but it is. Um, the church is ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. We, 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 like you said, we, we, the automatic first thing we say is get over it. Right. J- just, just get over it. If you've not experienced depression, if you've not experienced anxiety, you have no idea mm-hmm. uh, how hurtful that can be. Right. That, that, that saying, uh, because we don't, we don't want to be depressed. Right. We right. don't want to have, no anxiety. one would choose that path. Nobody would choose that path. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, and it's just not that yeah. easy, but the good news is there are steps. There are things, tangible things that we can do, yeah. uh, to, to claim victories. Yeah. Uh, you and I've talked about this. I, somebody said, I'm going to pray that you, that, that God delivers you from that. Mm-hmm. And, and Hey, I believe in the power of Absolutely. prayer. God is the great physician. He can administer he can healing. Do that. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I, I recognize that this will probably be with me for my life. Mm-hmm. It, and, and it may not be as full blown and as uh, invasive as it was at one time. Um, uh, Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, probably the greatest figure of the 20th century, uh, he battled with what he called the black dog. Black dog, yeah. The black yeah, dog. Yeah. And, and it was depression. And depression, anxiety, doesn't mean that you're weak. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that you're weak. Uh, you can be, you can, you can uh, function. You know, uh, Churchill was one of the greatest leaders uh, of our times uh, of the, of the last hundred years. And, and yet he struggled. And the, and the fact that God didn't, hasn't taken away from you yet that, that, you know, and again, I appreciate that. You know, you read the biographies of great men, Mm -hmm. Spurgeon, similar thing, DL Moody, uh, one of my mentors, one of my professors in college who I just, just love deeply had strong battles of depression and had some physical things. You know, the physical, you talked about soul care, this whole idea, there was some physical things going on, which, which aided the depression, you know? And so all these things were going on. And then you read, you read the, the great men of the Bible. I mean, Paul, Paul, David, I mean, you read the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was, he was depressed. I would have been depressed. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. Yes. Yeah. He wrote a whole book of Lamentations. So, yeah. so why, why is there not more chapters? Because God got tired of hearing all the Lamentations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just, it was just but woe and, and, and sorrow. But that that God doesn't deliver us, and that's not to say that he wouldn't. And you would welcome that. And I would. I, I would. We would welcome, you know, I, I've shared this with our church that I deal with migraines, and I'm praying that God will remove that, and there's been some relief with that. Uh, but But... The same thing's true with me about why God's allowing that to stay. And, and why, why do you think that God, for you particularly, allows that to stay? What, what, are some, what are some of the benefits of that suffering in your life? Well, first of all, uh, Larry, 
I was a person prior to this experience who was outgoing, overly optimistic, happy, never in a million obnoxiously sometimes. Obnoxiously, <laughs> yes. Never in a million years would I would I have ever thought that I would have been to to uh, at the lowest point contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but God allowed me to to experience that, and and we say, well, why did He allow that? Um, I think in part I have been able to minister to people, um, and it goes back to what we said earlier. Unless you've gone through it, you have no idea. Yeah. And I, I, I did not want my church to know yeah. that I was struggling with depression. Um, but in the middle of a sermon one Sunday night, nothing to do with the topic of depression or anxiety, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to stop right now and I want you to tell the people. Wow. And I stopped the sermon and I said, folks, this has nothing to do. I said, but the Lord has just impressed upon me to share with you mm. that I am, I'm struggling with depression. Yeah. And after that service, mm. I had people come up to me and they said, pastor, because you had the courage yeah. to speak up and share your story, I can now come forward to you and say, yes, I'm struggling. Yeah. And it's been a tremendous ministry um, that I've been able to have. I have friends um, from from high school, even Mm -hmm. uh, longtime friends uh, who have since come to me and said, hey, I want to I want to talk to you about what I'm going through. And it's become a ministry for me. Yeah. And and that's not just true for pastors. I think about people in our churches. Absolutely. that, That if if we would just be honest about this, man, what, what a blessing they could be to a younger believer yeah. who may be struggling in the same area who says, you know, I, I can't imagine those super Christians I'm in church with, you know, those super saints that, that have been Christians for 40 years who've never dealt with anything like I'm dealing with, when in all honesty, they may be in the depths of it right at that moment. Absolutely. And we, we have got to, as Christians in the church, stop being this, we put on this facade yeah. on Sunday, you know, yeah. and, and we tell everybody, you know, what's the thing we say, how are you doing? Oh, fine, I'm doing great. He's yeah. like, no, you're not. No, you're, you're doing not. terrible. We, no, we don't necessarily want them to tell us on Sunday morning <laughs> how they're doing. Before but, we preach. <laughs> before we preach but but we need we need to be open and honest about this and and like you said you that opened the floodgates for your people and you were transparent to say listen this guy's real yeah and he has he has issues like I do yeah and I can he can, he can now be my pastor well you know and it's not only um, obviously we're talking about depression we're talking about anxiety uh, millennials in particular studies have shown um, they're they're searching for authenticity. Yes. Yeah. And they don't want they don't want this smoke and mirror stuff. Right. That that has been the church for decades. Yeah. They want to know that you're authentic, that you right. care, and that yeah. and that you're being transparent. Yeah. Transparency is an important thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's not that's not ex, uh, exclusive to anxiety and depression. We need to be honest. Uh, hey, if we're struggling with an addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to be honest about that because right. because the reality is the church is supposed to be a place where we can bring all of our junk. Yeah. Yeah. We can lay it at the altar. Yeah. 
And, and as the body of Christ, we're called to, to lift each other up, to be an encouragement. And uh, we would have different churches. Yeah. And we would have a different world, I, I, I think. Yeah. We'd have a different world if the church would just begin to be honest with what we're struggling with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of, the, one of the things that, you know, certainly I think we start with Scripture, and even, even in the things I'm going to say, we, we, we have a scriptural basis for this. Yeah. But for you, that one of those first things was you went to a doctor, you sought the counsel of another pastor. Um, you know, oftentimes when I'm dealing with somebody in the church with this, this is beyond, you know, we joke, it's beyond my pay grade. I'm yeah. not, I'm one, I'm not, I may have some of the training, but it's even not my skill set maybe to be at this counselor in, in some of the issues. But there are some great people here locally that I highly recommend, and I, I, will, I will send folks on. And there are multitudes of counselors here in, our, in Conway, Little Rock area. I'm sure there are in your area as well that, uh, that do this well. I have I've researched it. I've been there with folks through this process. And so I uh, want to encourage Christians to – we, we yeah. need to go get that. And, and, and we, you, want to, you want to go to a Christian counselor. I mean, I, I think that's you, – no, you, you, you want to have that biblical basis. So um, – once from that moment in January of 2018, when I'm at my lowest and I go to the doctor, uh, I get on an antidepressant. Yeah. And with a few modifications with the with the dosage, uh, I'm able to manage it pretty well for for about two years. And then this last January, January 2020, uh, my wife lovingly. Uh, confronts me and she says, I think you're really struggling again. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I think you need to go to a counselor. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, for your wife, when your wife says to do yeah. something, yeah. Uh, do, you know, do you know that the voice of the Holy spirit and the voice of your wife sound really close? They're pretty close. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I thought, you know what, if she's, if she's recognizing this, um, I, I probably need to go. And so I went again, going to a, to a Christian counselor every week mm -hmm. for an yeah. hour. Yeah. And, uh, through those meetings, uh, a lot of what I talk about in those, in the book, um, are things that I began to implement into my own life that began to help me not only with the medic and I may be on the medication for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to talk about yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had confided in someone, uh, an older uh, gentleman, Christian, uh, early on about my struggle with depression. And one of the comments that he made to me was, well, I'm going to pray that, that, uh, that you're not on that medication for very long. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that's, that's good. Pray, pray that. Mm -hmm. But there was a negative connotation yeah. to his yeah. statement there. Yeah. Um, and we talk about this, you and I, uh, we talked about it this morning even. Yeah. Um, you don't tell somebody who, uh, who takes blood pressure yeah, medicine. Which I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, quit taking that. Yeah. No, you take it. Yeah. Because it helps you. And I'm, and I'm doing some things, you know, I'm trying to exercise sure. and, and do the thing and not drink as much coffee, which is really hard, but uh, to, to control that. But there's, there may be some things chemically that are a part of my makeup, the same with the, even with depression and anxiety yeah. that you, you need this. God, God is given it because, because the, the medicine that you're taking is something God created in nature and, yeah. and you use that. And so again, we got to get over that stereotype. And I think, and, and I talked to a doctor, uh, 
not too long ago about this, and he said, you'd be surprised how many Christians are on anxiety medications. And, uh, and I was surprised in just, in just some of the things he shared. And, and it wasn't that, that Christians needed that, but it's that Christians don't talk about it. Yeah. Is that we, we put this, you know, this negative stereotype with it. And, uh, let's just be honest about it. You know, I, I, I had, I did have trouble talking about being on blood pressure medicine. I, I never had a pill box before. Yeah. And then when I turned 50, I had to have a pill box with vitamins and, you know, yeah. other things. And like, I'm embarrassed with my pill box, but it's like, Hey, that's just, that's yeah. if I, if I want to live a long life and same way yeah. with you, if you want to live a life, a vibrant life, if you want to do soul care, then you need to do those things. Yeah. And so, uh, again, we need to remove that stereotype and do what we need to do to, to take care of ourselves. Well, uh, of course, I preached for you last night, mm-hmm. um, and a sweet lady in your church who is in the medical profession, she and I were talking, and she said, you know, the the medical professionals, um, they don't know what to do with people that are— what, what we do is we send them off to an insane asylum. Yeah. We lock them up. Yeah. And that's that's not necessarily the, the, the right— Yeah response and the church and Larry, it may take us a decade yeah. to get to where we can effectively minister to people yeah. uh, as a, as a larger church context, but we can begin right now by just loving on people yes. and being present in their life. Yeah. And that, and that leads to three things I want us to kind of, kind of focus on in, in helping people in application. Yeah. One of those, what you just said of loving people is that, that, uh, um, you quote in the book. You quote Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean, I, theologically, he was not. He's not where he should have been, probably. Yeah. But um, you know, he basically said, "We never know where people are in life, and so we ought to be kind to everybody." Yeah. Man, we are, we are living in a hostile. Uh, uh, vitriol i mean just it's just i mean just everybody's lashing out at everybody about yeah. everything right now it yeah. doesn't matter what what side you take and that's one reason we're doing i'm doing this series which is kind of stupid i guess really to, to, yeah. <laughs> to when you're in this time that i'm going to talk about t- topics that naturally people are divisive about i'm just going to throw it right in there yeah but uh um I'll, 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 one of my purposes is to help Christians learn how to talk about things that people are already devising. Let's talk about it in a kind, gentle way. Yeah. And when it comes to the issue of anxiety and depression, we don't know what we don't know. We don't. Know, I don't know why you're dealing with that. I don't yeah. know your background. I don't know. We're, we're dealing with in our church the art of neighboring, which is a whole other topic. I don't know why my neighbors... Maybe I don't know their background. I don't yeah. know what all's going on behind closed doors, and yeah. we just assume some things. And so, again, the basic teachings of Christ: love your neighbors yourself. Yeah, to be loving and kind, and and treat people the way we want to be treated. I was like, again, if the church can't do that, then we, we just might as well shut our doors. I yeah. mean, no one's ever going to listen to the gospel. No, if we can't, if we can't present that part of the gospel and so i think that for one is is one place we got to start and and I agree. again i think that's what what god has taught you through this is that you already knew that but now it's it's softened up your heart even more so yeah of of you know and that's what i've loved about what i've loved about 2020 is that man this has been a rough year it's yeah. been there's been so many things i don't want to experience about 2020 but that in our church and i'm sure it's been with yours too is god sent some people in our church who who have some sometimes some rough edges? They've been through some hard things, yeah, yeah. and uh, and that one reason they've come is because they're looking for answers, and we've responded. I hope we've responded most of the time in a loving way, 
And, and we don't always have all the answers, but, hey, we're willing to walk with you through this. Yeah. And what I've realized and what everybody else knows is that the world we live in is full of people like that. Yeah. And we're never going to run out of that, that population. And, and, and you know, uh, if we believe the gospel to be true, um, then, then we need to make ourselves available to those people. Yes. Yeah. I, and that's one thing that I say all the time to people come in for counseling sessions. And I'm like you, uh, I, I can help you at the base level, but a lot of what people are dealing with are beyond my scope. Yeah. And I will send them off someplace. But, yeah. but I say, you know, if the guy, if you believe the gospel to be true, then then there's hope for your life and there's hope for what you're going through. Right. Uh, it may be that your spouse just walked in the room and said, I don't love you anymore. Mm-hmm. It could be that the doctor says, I've done all I can for you. And people are in some deep, dark places in their lives. But if we believe the gospel to be true, and I do, yeah. then there's, there's brighter days ahead. There's hope for us. Right. And um, it begins with the church. Yeah. 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 And you know, you and I have talked about this because I, I uh, it's been a long time since my first pastorate, and uh, and you're in your first, and you you stayed longer in your first, and I've stayed in my first. Well, but I'm uh, I'm not. You, here's the thing, um, I, I don't ever want to go anywhere else because I don't want to have to start. Uh, that, that, that's that's good. That's good counsel. <laughs> but I came to the conclusion, and this is not just for pastors; this is for yeah. everybody. Galatians one ten. Paul says, you know, am I going to, am I going to please men or am I going to please God? And that this isn't just for pastors, but I came to that as a pastor that I can't please everybody. No. So I got to please God. And I think, I think for people, one of the reasons we have anxiety is that we're trying to, we're trying to please everybody yeah. and we're trying to live up to expectations that we can never do. And, you know, uh, sometimes our greatest enemy is us. Yeah. And and the expectations are really what we're putting on ourselves. It's yeah. like nobody nobody's expecting of us more than sometimes we are ourselves. Well well, I, I talk about that in the book. Yeah. A whole chapter on, yeah. on people pleasing. Yeah. And, and and that was a part of what really was at the root of what I was going through. I was trying to to to, you know, navigate through a landmine and trying to please everybody. And and in doing so uh, I wasn't pleasing anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and to that, and it's just not for pastors, but we, we want to, we want to, we want to be liked. We right, want to be, right. um, accepted, uh, whether that's with our spouse, our kids, our coworkers, our friends, but there comes a point where we have to give ourselves permission to mm-hmm. say no. Yeah. Because if you if you never say yes, that's right. When the really important thing comes up, you're not able to say it. Right. And um, and so we have to learn how to say no and give yeah. ourselves permission to say no. And as pastors, that's really tough because we're kind of expected to be at people's beck and call. And um, in, in my own journey, I've 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 cultivated that. I don't I don't say yes all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I had fun with that Sunday, talking about denying yourself and you know that denying ourselves is the hardest thing to do. But it's easy for me to deny, deny other people. Is that I've learned to say no, maybe too much. I've learned yeah. it too too well. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you talked about in the book, and again, there's a whole lot in there. And when you get this done, I've told you, we're gonna get a bunch of copies, and I'm going I'm gonna I'm gonna hand them out because I, I think this, to, I want to come back. Yeah, w- will you let me come back? Absolutely. I, I would love to do a session. Uh, yeah, I think it would be great. To, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
But one of the things you talked about, and man, it's timely, and it's, as I pull out my iPhone, it's timely, that uh, one of the things that, the, one of the problems with uh, dealing with our soul care, dealing with this whole, you know, the whole body is that we're so, so connected to this and so connected to social media and yeah. that people never get off. Yeah. And I find this sometimes in the evening when I'm trying to go to sleep is that I'm checking my email, I'm checking what's going on on, on the, on the you know, information, and I'm trying to figure out what was, you know, what somebody say, how did I respond to this? And you make, a con- you make some comments on there about how we've got to disconnect and that that's, I mean, for our health, we've got to disconnect. Uh, and that we need to, you know, we need to, we, and that's just going to become more and more of a battle as, as time goes on. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to find it here, Larry. I've got it pulled up here. Let's see. Um, there in, in, in there, I, I, um, here we go. I got it. Let me quote it. Yeah. All right. It's on page 18, by the way. Okay. Here we go. This is from Psychology Today, a direct quote from Dr. Rob Whitley. A growing number of studies examine the link between social media usage and mental health. These point to one clear conclusion. Uh, low levels of social media usage are associated with better mental health. Yeah. You have to unplug. Yeah. Um, and whether that's, whether that's you're managing it and you're saying, I'm going to be on there for 15 minutes a day or, or you take a sabbatical from it altogether. Yeah. Uh, there are more important things in life yeah. than what's on and, Facebook and, or Instagram. And, and, or, and that too, you know, and some of the toxic people on there. Oh, you know, I mean, I, this is a whole nother subject, but uh, there are certain people that may push your button that, you know, you know, you know how they react to things. And, yeah. you know, in fact, I will get some people will text me. Did you see what so-and-so said? I was like, no, I don't. I really don't. I really don't need to see that. Yeah, I really don't. I, I've got other things I need to do that. I don't need to be trolling them to find out what's going on. And so. Uh, so listen to what I've done. I, yeah, go ahead. With, with tox, toxic people. Uh I don't allow them in my sphere Hmm. and, and on social media, I have just to be honest with you, I, I, is that why you've unfriended me? That's why I've unfriended (laughs) you, you toxic person. No, no, but, but seriously, um, why, why would we allow ourselves? That was my watch. I'm, that's embarrassing. You got too many. I got too. You're too I got, connected. I'm too connected. Yeah. But um, but why would we allow toxic yeah. people to yeah. rule and reign in our life? Yeah. And that, and that is something that's new to this generation. When you know, 30 years ago, we didn't have this access, and people didn't people didn't come in our home. We we yeah. could we could we could block them from calling our home, or we didn't have to answer the <laughs> you phone. You didn't have to answer the phone. You, you, you know, you just didn't answer the phone. Yeah, or you know, but but that's that's a whole that's a whole bigger issue to that. Um, I, you know, I want to kind of wrap up our conversation today. This has been so helpful, Michael. And I again, I think it's going to springboard when we can get this book and talk about yeah. this. But I hope it springs board, springboards for our church. Anybody else listening? The issue of hey, let's be honest about this. Yeah, I'm telling you this. I'm I'm saying this because it's affected my family. It's affected you as a friend and other friends that we've had uh, that we know that have been through this. If just one person says, "Hey, I'm gonna go talk to somebody today," yeah. man, that that's that's next to salvation. I want to see people come to Christ, but then this this is this is one of those next next best things. If that ha- then that's 
it was worth our time and effort to do this. Absolutely. And I hope, though, that even more than that, it sparks an effort in the church to say, hey, listen, let's talk about other ways we can deal with this. Hey, maybe we can get a maybe we have a support group that sit that can sit down and talk about uh this this issue that we're dealing with or maybe we can we can connect some people that have had you know hey you've had this issue maybe you can help somebody else and uh um you know again we just got to be honest we need to be transparent and i appreciate you doing that not only with with us but then in writing a book to, to do well that. uh larry and, and uh, for the, for the listener for those who are watching um if you don't have a spouse or if you don't feel like you've got somebody that you can yeah. that you know that you can go to and you can trust with this. I want to tell people that uh, they can contact the National Suicide and Prevention. Fact, we'll, we'll try to post line. this up on the we'll put yeah. this up maybe. Uh, 1-800-273-TALK, uh, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, that national hotline is a lifeline for people who may say, I, I don't have anybody that I feel like I can talk to. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to be judged. You know, that's one of the things yes. that, that, that for a person who's struggling with depression is it's that fear of being judged. Yeah. And, uh, and there's, there's, um, there's a lot of freedom in not knowing the person on the other, on the other line, right. but they're trained and they're there to help, uh, walk you through steps. And, um, I do hope that the book is something that will be uh, a help to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate you. I've always loved you and appreciate your ministry and, and uh, uh, appreciate what God's doing in your life now. And, uh, and thanks for getting this started. I hope after eight weeks of this, that, that uh, I'm still enjoying this, this, this uh, series as much as this first one, well, but we've gotten a great start to uh, some hot potatoes. Thanks Larry. Thank you. 